Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. His awesome book is The Big Truth. You can hear his podcast, the Takeout Podcast, which is always fun, here on WTMJ. I think it's on Sunday afternoons now. It is. That's when I usually hear it. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Great to be with you, John. How are you? I am good, and we're talking baseball today, but from a different perspective, Major, the Brewers owe $300 million in maintenance on their stadium, and the governor is proposing that tax dollars that have already been collected and are sitting in a surplus be used to take care of that maintenance, and so the debate is beginning about whether tax dollars should go for that sort of thing. Uh, In recent years, this has become an increasingly difficult conversation for sports teams and public money, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, because I would have to suspect the Brewers, a successful franchise, not as successful last year as they would have liked to have been, but successful winning and putting uh, fans in the seats for the last couple, three years for sure, is a profitable enterprise. And one of the things that I think is difficult for most fans to understand is most team finances, and I include my beloved San Diego Padres in this category, are opaque. They're very hard to read. They don't. Baseball teams don't disclose what their actual profitability is. They always sort of mouth this, well, we're less successful, less profitable than, than we'd like to be. But we don't really know exactly what their books look like because they don't disclose them because they don't have to. And I'm, I'm stunned that the Brewers don't have enough money for maintenance of that Miller Park. I mean, I'm stunned. I, I would be very surprised if they don't have the wherewithal. Now, they may want to use that for some other purposes, but I would be astonished if they don't have the actual money available to do that or to offer more. I mean, are they asking for some sum of like 400-some million? Uh, about 300 million. So here's the deal, and this really gets in the weeds a little bit, Major, but yeah. the Brewers don't own the stadium. There's a stadium district here. The stadium of district course, is understood. obligated yep. to pay the maintenance, so that means the Brewers and their owner technically don't have to. It falls on the stadium district's plate to do that but to your point the brewers when this guy bought the team were worth 225 million now they're worth 1.2 billion so this doesn't sit well with people no exactly because it goes to stewardship and what's your what 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 are you involved in is this and do you treat it not just as a profitable asset for yourself every owner is entitled to do that but is it at any level a community asset and i strongly believe sports franchises are community assets, at least in part, and it is the obligation of owners to act in kind. Now, that's a recommendation. That's a sort of rhetorical flourish of mine. It has no actual value other than I'm I'm a customer, and all the customers in Milwaukee are customers, and they want to know what the owner's orientation to them and this community asset actually is. And I think this is one of the ways to satisfy and answer a question like that. Pony up some money. I would say the stadium district uh, that does own 70% of the building, uh, to your point of, uh, you know, how are they funding this? They had set aside, as of 2020, $87 million in reserve created with the stadium sales tax revenue and payments by the brewers, so to cover the improvements throughout the brewers' lease. So it's not as if they're crying poor, poor. They at least are not looking for a full-on handout, but to your point, are they saving enough? Are this yeah? Are, and are you doing enough? And look, I I know, and if someone from the Brewers might say, well, do you want us to spend more on this or players? Because better players make us a more competitive team and more profits. I I get all that. I'm just saying two things I know are are a fact. Baseball team 
finances are opaque and the average ticket buying public doesn't know as nearly as much as it ought to about what the actual books are and what profits are year to year. Even teams that are terrible that lose a hundred games a year make money under major league baseball financing through the league and through their TV contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a side conversation going on in major league baseball about the profitability of futility, meaning you can be a terrible team, invest in almost nothing, and still make a killing. Is that good for the health of the game itself? It's good for the owners for sure. But is it good for baseball? Is it good for competition? Is it good for growing the sport? Probably not. That's a side conversation. I'm just saying people don't know nearly as much about the, the actual financing of baseball teams as they should. And at the margins, team owners should not only be civically minded but put some actual findable money behind that civic attitude. CBS Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett is with us on WTMJ. So, Major, I think Friday is the one-year anniversary of the beginning of the war in Ukraine. That's hard to believe. General David Petraeus was asked in a recent interview, who's winning the war? And his answer was, it is not Russia, and we don't yet know You've spent a lot of time discussing and covering this war. How mm-hmm. would you assess what's happened the last year? So, to be clear, uh, I've talked to a lot of people who have covered, who have been in war, who are talking about the war, who are thinking about it. I've not been to Ukraine. don't want to suggest I have been. But I do have paid very close attention because I do believe this is the dominant story, not only of last year, but this year, and possibly for the sake of European history, the early 21st century. Because whatever happens on the other side of this is going to determine a lot not just in Europe, but possibly in our relationship with China and how we deal with all of these various contours that arise out of Russia's invasion of a sovereign country, Ukraine. Russia's not winning, but that doesn't mean it can't win. If it could have won sooner, it would have. And the fact that it hasn't tells us something about the limitations of Russian military might, the ability to put their strategy in place in Ukraine and achieve their goals. They haven't done any of those things. That tells you the Ukrainians not only can fight, but possibly win. What no one knows and what the Ukrainians haven't defined yet is what does victory look like. And they're not going to be able to determine that until they know exactly how much of Russia they can push out of Ukraine. Can they push them out of every place they've come in since last year? Or even more when they started to come in in 2014 in Crimea? Nobody knows that and no one's prepared to say that. So it's not necessarily a standoff. Land is being exchanged, and certainly bloodshed is being inflicted on both sides. But the Ukrainians, if you were to ask yourself who has the upper hand, you would say they do, but only by a slight margin. And there's a long, bloody year ahead. I think that much is clear. All right, Major, what's coming up on this week's Takeout Podcast? So uh, it's Tuesday, which means there's a good portion of the week ahead. We may have someone who comes over. The transom, meaning we have a lot of asks out this week. But if not, we have a show in reserve, a great conversation with the head of the London Baines Johnson Presidential Library. Why would we do that? Mm. Well, because in the Biden conversation, is he LBJ? Is he FDR? Well, whether or not he's LBJ or not, we have the president of the LBJ Library in Austin, Texas, to give a perspective on that. It's the Takeout Podcast, heard here at WTMJ. Major's book is The Big Truth. You should check it out. You should pick it up. Major, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate you. Thank you, John.